0: Right, before we start, one of our beloved listeners recommended we give more of an introduction about ourselves than we perhaps did before, Ooh. and then I'll just cut it into the introduction. Maybe they could do that every week. So instead of like four <laughs> random strangers talking shit, it's four <laughs> slightly well, more well, credible that's how, strangers. But
1: that's how USP, Sam. <laughs> four <laughs> strangers talking shit. That's the description. <laughs> Got upset that the dynamic. We actually can't. Just well, pretend I mean, that we know what we're what on about. Should, what do you want to know about us? Do you want to know what do we like to do in a spare time? I think
0: as a job. So it would be the introduction, and then when it gets to Hi, I'm Sam, it would be, Hi, I'm Sam, I'm a health economist, and I have a PhD in neuroscience. Oh,
1: fuck, that, that, uh, well, shit. I'm fucked then. Let's go. Well, if no, you this.
0: have a degree... <laughs> <laughs> and you a drummer in a signed band
1: hey it's not been it's not been told it, we've not done it yet
0: still there's, there's credibility to it just so like we were like oh actually we my name's Jed and it. I'm
1: thick as shit let's go <laughs> mate Sam, this is not going to help us this is going to hinder us <laughs> we're, we're we're seriously not qualified to be experts at this Well, to be fair like you guys have got really good jobs and like oh I've got a PhD in heads or whatever <laughs> right let's go for I think, it I, I think sam and cooper's credentials could add some credibility Me yeah. means you just go we're also here i think you're right i think we should have a little bit so people think like two people come from a certain background and two you know someone comes from this background you know it's quite nice so let's do it
0: hello and welcome to Overexplained, a podcast where we discuss the science behind our everyday lives giving you more detail than you need to know but hopefully that you wanted to know My name's Sam and I'm a health economist and I have a PhD in neuroscience.
1: I'm Jack, I work in marketing for a global construction supplier in the energy sector.
0: My name's Jed and
1: I am a field support specialist for a weight management company called Slimming World and also a drummer.
2: My name is Martin Cooper, I'm a biomedical scientist specialising in clinical biochemistry. Today we talk about blood types. What are they?
0: What would you prefer if you were a vampire? And the story behind Golden Blood. This is Blood Types, over explained. you had a question about blood types.
1: I did, yeah. The question is, why are blood types a thing? Like, what makes blood different? Over-explain it to me, Coop.
2: That's a good question, actually, and it's one that not a lot of people ask, is, like, why are there different blood groups in the first place? Why doesn't everyone just have the same blood group? No one is 100% sure, but there has to be an evolutionary advantage for why it happened. One of the main reasons why scientists think there's a variation in blood groups is to do with disease. So certain blood groups will make you more or less susceptible to certain diseases. So there are three blood groups caused by two antigens. So you've got the A antigen, the B antigen, and then no antigen. So if you have the A antigen on your red blood cells, you'll be blood type A. And if you have the B antigens, you're type B, and then you have, you can have a combination of both. So you're AB, and then you can have no antigens and then you'd be the type O. It was originally called blood type C. So it was ABC, C being the, the lack of antigens, but it was renamed blood type O after the word on a, I think, O H uh, N E meaning without or zero. So I think blood types can be very confusing when people say oh i'm blood type o negative therefore i'm a universal donor but i can't receive anyone's blood the two very important things that you have to understand when it comes to blood groups and blood matching and that's the understanding what the antigen is and then understanding what an antibody is People, especially with like COVID-19, people throw the words antigen and antibody around, and it's important to understand what they are in terms of when we're talking about transfusion and compatibility of blood types, because on the surface of your red blood cells, you have these antigens and basically all antigens are, is there a protein or in the case of blood groups, the glycoproteins, uh, so the little sugars attached to the proteins.
0: The way I
2: (laughs) heard it described is
0: your antigens are basically like little hats on the outside of the cell. Mm -hmm. If you're A, you have a little A hat and you're fine. If you're B, you have a B hat. Anything which is foreign to the body will be attacked. So if you are A and your cells have a little A hat and then you get a transfusion with blood and they're B, they're not recognized of having the right hat. So they get attacked, which is why you can't get
2: the blood transfusion.
0: So, you're
1: telling yeah, so, me my cells have got hats? Little hats. Little hats. Yeah, so, like, are they fedoras? Are they.
2: It's something that is presented on the outside of your cell, which allows for communication with other things. So, other cells come along and interact with your cells. And it knows what cells they are or what to do by recognizing these antigens on the surface of your cells. Think of like blood group A as a red hat and B as a blue hat. And uh, cells come and interact with them and go, oh yeah, this is a blue hat. What antibodies are is again, they're proteins and they bind on to antigens. So that and they're very specific. So there'll be specific antibodies to specific antigens. Now, what happens is let's say you're blood group A and you have A antigens, you will not produce A antibodies. Because if you if your blood cells have A antigens on them, what you don't want to happen is for your body to start producing A antibodies. Because those antibodies will bind to the surface of your red cells, causing agglutination, activation of the uh, complement and coagulation cascade, and will. Are cause... you rapping,
1: to me, Cooper? What's going <laughs> I was on about here? To say,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've just described like the the, the next
1: metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Clotiation uh, activation for the nation.
2: Throughout the nation. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was unintentional, but it causes I, an, I an, I an people acute hemolytic
1: <laughs> fire. Then, Jesus Christ! But, I almost threw me out chocolate.
2: <laughs> but it causes an acute hemolytic transfusion reaction. Um, or and, uh, in other
0: words, antibodies are part of your immune system, and if they bind onto they something, they will target
2: that. So, absolutely. So, you, you produce antibodies me, against viruses. And...
1: Let's yeah. say I've got a blood gun, fires blood, and I fire it into someone and they've not got the right blood. Will I kill them? Not like I'm going to uh, kill someone with blood, but, I mean, it's good to know. It depends
2: It depends how severe the reaction is. The more and more blood you give someone, the more intense the reaction. So, uh, some of the first uh, human-to-human transfusions uh, didn't kill the patient initially but after the second transfusion and the third transfusion they've died because the reactions become so intense so your body is really clever and learns and builds up more antibodies the next time Mm. so you might only have a few like say anti-a antibodies so when you have uh, a transfusion the reactions very small but your it activates B cells, produces loads more antibodies. So for next time, your immune system's stronger. So the next time you have a second transfusion of the wrong blood group, A again, you have a really intense immune reaction, which could kill you. It depends how much blood you're given and also, you know, how frequently. Here's a question
0: for you, Cuba. If you were a vampire yeah. and you were A, would you be able to drink the blood from someone who was B? Yes. I th-
2: I think you would because as humans we digest food extracellularly, and uh, so we we digest blood on the outside of our body.
1: I beg your pardon. I,
2: I I know this is a bit of an unusual concept, but if you think of your esophagus going all the way through your stomach and your intestines out through I your think anus, about it all the time, mate. It's 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 all. It's all still technically on the outside. What happens is, is the enzymes break down the food and you absorb it into your body. That's why you can drink venom from a snake, like deadly venom from a snake, and it won't kill you. If you was to uh, drink venom, your enzymes and your stomach acid will break down the venom. It's not inside your blood, it's inside your digestive system. So what would happen is, if you was to drink blood, your your digestive system would break down those cells. So all the proteins on the outside, all the sugars on the outside are being broken down. So and vampires you, you're, could you're, be
0: sated by just like broken down, like just proteins and sugars. That's all they need.
2: Uh, yeah, essentially. Like I still I, can't I get they,
1: over that we it, your mouth is still, like everything is open.
2: Yes, yeah, you digest food technically on, on the outside. No, it yeah. doesn't happen intracellularly. You're basically a tube.
1: Oh it's God. like a really
2: long tube going from your mouth to anus. It's worth noting so. that
0: there's A, B, A being O, but the negative is a
2: different antigen. Oh, the, the, the rhesus system. Yeah, so this is where it gets a lot more complicated. So, so you have the... A B O group, so four groups altogether, A, B, O, and A B. And a lot of the time you'll hear positive and negative. And it actually gets a lot more complicated than that as well. So it's called the Rhesus group and or the uh, Rhesus blood group pieces. system. And well, if you go online and and look at the it's called a blood group system because there's a there's a lot more antigens involved. According to the International Society of Blood Transfusion, to date, there are 36 known blood group systems, and the rhesus system is one of them. There are other systems called the Kell system and the KID system.
1: The Keenan and Kell um, system and the rhesus PUS system, um,
2: let's go. So, so the 36 systems, so you have the ABO groups, you've got the rhesus groups, you've got Kell. you've got KID, you've got, got Rho, uh, all sorts of ones and you can you can look them up online and in those systems there are several antigens within the systems so the rhesus blood group system when you see rhesus positive and rhesus uh, negative is actually that involves 54 different antigens to date you'll see different numbers but that's on the international society of blood transfusion 54 different antigens in the rhesus group and one of the most common ones is uh, the d so whether the rhesus D positive, rhesus D negative, but there's also um, rhesus C as well. Uh, Like I say, 54 different rhesus antigens.
0: I assume they're less well known because it's a less severe reaction if you get the wrong
2: blood That's it. So even though there are literally hundreds of different antigens that can cause a transfusion reaction, some antigens are more likely to cause a transfusion reaction than others. So the rhesus group, especially like D and C, and the ABO system are much more likely to cause a transfusion reaction. Blood groups in Kell and Rho systems are less likely. You'd only need to sort of match, and it, it, it does happen, it, it still happens. So you, you, you'll match someone up. So let's say someone's A, a positive, and you get some blood that's also A positive, so you think, okay, I've got an exact match here. There's still a chance that they'll have an acute hemolytic transfusion reaction, and you have to stop straight away. Then you've got to find out, well, what have they had a reaction to? One of the most common causes today is the kid antigen. So that's sort of a, a, a very unpredictable. Like, it's impossible to sort of cross match every sort of sub antigen out there you want to get the main ones right and then you can be confident that i'm fairly certain they're not going to have a transfusion reaction but there's a there's always a slim chance and also because there's hundreds of different antigens you can have which would affect transfusion there then are, like millions of different combinations then at that point i assume it's just not feasible to store that
0: many combinations of blood in a blood bank no. if you need a transfusion
2: mm- no, it isn't. In fact, um, because I work uh, alongside hematology and transfusion. So, transfusion in the UK is, is, is not really a part of the NHS. The hospitals have to buy blood in, and different blood costs a different amount of money. So, as you can imagine, O negative costs more. And it depends on what procedures they have to do. So, if they have to irradiate blood, or if, the, if there's a super rare uh, antigen that's uh, needed. So, um, I have a
0: question, Cooper.
2: You go for it.
1: You were suggesting at the beginning that the reason we have different blood types is perhaps because we evolved oh. to resist certain natural diseases. So, is yeah. is that the case? And um, and I guess it's pretty important to know that, particularly with what's going on with coronavirus.
2: Oh, yes. So, I'll I'll start with uh, well, in fact, yeah, I'll start with the coronavirus. So, there was some. Information, and it would be incorrect for me to say it was published, but it was put out there on the internet. Like the data itself isn't incorrect, but it wasn't peer reviewed or published in any journal. It was just some information. And basically it looked at three hospitals in China, admissions and their blood groups and adjusted for population. It found that more people was admitted with group A. Um, than the average population, and less people was admitted with Group O. So, people were drawing the conclusions that people who were O, blood group, were less affected by the coronavirus. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not safe to draw that, that conclusion. But there are situations where there's a lot more evidence. So, some other diseases where blood groups absolutely do play a role is things like cholera so there was a big cholera outbreak in peru in 1991 individuals who were o blood group were eight times more likely to be hospitalized with severe cholera and that, that's a huge number that's not to say they were more likely to get it but people with o blood groups were a lot more Likely to be severely uh, affected by cholera. So, areas where there's lots of cholera outbreaks, blood group O is very rare because you could think of it as part of like natural selection. If they have a lot of cholera outbreaks there and people with blood group O are more severely affected by cholera and more likely to die from it, then you're going to have a much lower population of people who have blood group O. However, if you look at the ABO population spread in Africa, people who are O are less susceptible to certain types of malaria. So in Africa, blood group O is very common. And also another huge factor that blood groups play a role in is, like, heart disease, stroke, like heart attacks, things like that. Scientists believe this is something to do with the, uh, Volwilabran factor, which is a glycoprotein. And it's 25% higher in people with A and B antigens and high amounts of this clotting factor is associated with increased risk of heart disease, heart attacks, and strokes. And there was a, there was a huge research done by the Harvard School of Public Health. And it was found that people with blood type A is 5% more likely to be at risk of heart disease, heart attacks, and strokes than blood group O, and um, B is eleven percent higher. And if you was unfortunate enough to have AB, well, not unfortunate enough to have AB, but if you was to have AB, you'd be around twenty-three percent more at risk than blood group O. However, obviously, lifestyle plays an important role in those factors as well, probably, probably more so than blood groups. So don't don't. I don't, I, want to, I don't want to frighten everyone. Don't forget, we're talking about hundreds of different antigens on the surfaces of your cells, and these play huge roles in disease, infection, heart disease, that so just every sort of, like, function and operation of the body, these antigens are interacting with hundreds of other cells.
1: My question is, so you said that blood t- blood groups have changed over the over years... Oh, like evolutionary,
2: like thousands or millions of years ago. So, Will um, that ever happen again? It could do. But like things like a new blood group emerging and then becoming established within a population, it it could be possible that someone like mutates a new blood group. Or when I say new blood group, it's like um, they just have a new antigen on the surface of the cell. That could happen. In fact, we're we're finding new antigens all the time. More and more are being added onto the list. Whether someone mutates to develop a third antigen, I'm not sure.
0: But it's, it's one of those things where like evolution takes millions of years to have like a beneficial effect for it to be established.
2: Yeah. You want to pass on those genes and then it's got to be established within a population so you can imagine one person develops it and then how many years would it take for that gene to spread all over the world and become part of a, a population. You talk in many thousands of years, so not certainly with that in our lifetime. But a, a new blood group could emerge and could spread. Like Sam says, it's got to um, provide some some advantage for you then to survive and pass on those genes. If if you have a mutation that causes you to have a disease, then you're less likely to pass that on, which you might die of that disease. So obviously we, we've talked about the ABO blood groups and the rhesus and the other systems. Have you heard of golden blood?
1: No. So there's
2: some, so there's there's some weird... Take me on that uh, journey. So there's some weird blood types. So you know how I said... Wait, wait,
0: Cooper, can you cube a microphone effect again? Golden blood blood is
2: the rarest blood group in the world. So far, only 43 people have discovered to have it. And there are only nine active donors. And do you know how I said that there's 54 different, or currently 54 different antigens in the rhesus bug group system? Yes. People with golden blood don't have any of those antigens. So because they don't have any of those antigens, they can produce antibodies to virtually everything. So they can only receive like the golden blood. So it's terrible if you were to ever be in an accident, unless you were to find someone the other eight active donors, then you would probably bleed out and die. I mean, the probability of all 54 of those antigens not to be present on a cell is astronomically small. It's absolutely bananas. Um, They still have what they call the H antigen. So the H antigen um, is sort of like a base for the... um, the ab antigens or glycoproteins to sit on so everyone's got the h apart from another blood group which doesn't have the h there's only about 400 people in the world which are confirmed to have this bombay blood group it was first discovered in a patient in bombay which is why it's called bombay blood group and it's treated just as o because if you do not have the H antigen for the glycoprotein A and glycoprotein B to bind, then you're essentially O. But people who are blood group O still have the H antigen. They just don't have anything attached to the H antigen. Do you mm. want to know what so, I know about
1: but, blood? It's really blue.
2: No, it's, it's, it's actually an optical illusion. So blood is red, whether it's uh, oxygenated blood or deoxygenated blood. If blood is oxygenated, it becomes a much brighter red. The more deoxygenated the blood, the, the darker color it goes. When blood dries up, it almost looks like a, a really dark brown. If it was oxygenated blood, it would be super bright red. So the blood going through your veins is deoxygenated. So it's just a slightly dull red. I mean, you've you've given uh, blood before, haven't you? Or nope. had a blood test. You've had a blood test. I've had a
1: blood test, yeah.
2: So when they draw blood from your body, and they take it from the veins, when it comes out, it's red. And the reason why that is, because the light has to penetrate your skin, hits your veins, and then gets reflected back into your eye. So in order to see your veins, the light must be absorbed by your skin, absorbed by a little bit amount of blood, hit the vein, and then reflect back out to hit your eyes. And in that process, certain wavelengths of light are being absorbed and the wavelengths of lights that are not being absorbed is what you'll see but it is just an optical illusion
1: well i've learned something today Yes, please. Sorry, I was. Uh... <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Um, Chloe's getting me a hot chocolate, so gotta get me yummy hot chocolate on the go. Is she?
2: Is she making you one as well?
1: Of oh, course she is. Good. That's good. You need need me hot hot chucky uh hot chocolate art for me uh my podcast.
2: Marshmallows and cream.
1: Got no marshmallows or cream, mate. We're fresh out of those. don't have uh, uh, the uh, facilities for that, bad boy.